Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text for today is our gospel lesson from the 16th chapter of John, verses 5 through 15. Please be seated. Last Sunday at Campus Lutheran Church, we said goodbye to most of our college students. For some of them, it will only be a temporary separation, as we know that they'll be back at the University of Missouri in the fall. But others will miss more deeply because they are graduating and they're moving on to new places and new careers, just as some of you will be leaving the seminary for first calls as pastors and deaconesses. We will miss our graduating students because during their time with us in Columbia, they've become a part of the fabric of our congregation. Through the ins and outs and the ups and downs of life, we've laughed together, worshipped together, loved one another, forgiven each other, ministered with one another, served side by side, and communed together at our Lord's table. Saying goodbye to our graduates is always a mixture of sadness and celebration. It reminds me a little bit of what's going on in our gospel lesson for today. Jesus was with his disciples in the upper room, and he had just broken the news to them that he was leaving them by dying on a cross and descending into heaven. The news was heartbreaking. For the past few years, the disciples had been with Jesus every day. They'd walked with him. They'd witnessed his signs and miracles. They'd listened to him explain to them God's word. He was their teacher, their mentor, their friend. But now, they wouldn't be able to see him with their own eyes or hear his voice. No longer would he be present in their lives in the same way. It must have felt like they were being abandoned by their best friend. Perhaps you can relate to what the disciples were going through. Perhaps you can recall a time when, when you were filled with sorrow because you couldn't visibly see the ascended Christ present and at work in your life. All of us no doubt certainly know someone, if not ourselves, who has suffered a, a severe loss or, or gone through a, a terrible tragedy and wondered, where is God? Why? Why has he left me? If we had gathered together with Jesus in the upper room like those early disciples, we probably would have shared their grief. We too would be sorrowful that Jesus was leaving. Yet after hearing his promise, we also would have hope. Hope because Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. Hope because Jesus promises eternal life. We are gathered here today as people who have that hope. We live in the hope of the risen and resurrected Christ every day. And yet, we don't hear so much about that hope out in the world around us. Instead, hopelessness seems to be the mood that dominates. Especially during these times of economic crisis, we hear a lot about despair 
and sorrow and worries. And it's hard for us not to be affected by all of that. Worries and anxieties come after us, too. But our hope prevails because we have a sure and certain future in Christ. The world, however, has only a false hope, a temporary hope based on what it can see and feel and touch. For many, hope is connected with money and things, the the so-called visible marks of success. And yet St. Paul says in Romans chapter 8 that a hope that is seen is no hope at all. Our hope comes from Jesus, who is seated at God's right hand. From our earthly vantage point, we can't see him. But Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit to remind us that our hope isn't based on outward appearances or earthly treasures. Rather, our hope is firmly established in God's love for us, in Christ's death and resurrection, in the forgiveness of our sins. Even in the worst of times, our hope is in Christ, and we have His promised Helper, the Holy Spirit, interceding on our behalf and speaking to us through God's Word. The prophet Isaiah reminds us, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Now, that's the kind of hope that so many people in our lost and suffering world are longing for and searching for, and needful to hear. And it's the hope that Jesus delivers. When Jesus promised to send his disciples a helper, the Holy Spirit, he wasn't doing so only for them. Jesus was sending the Holy Spirit to help deliver his brand of hope to the entire world. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come to convict the world concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Specifically, the Holy Spirit has come to convict the world of the sin of unbelief. The Holy Spirit must reveal the sin of unbelief because it's impossible for the world to see. Human beings who are by their nature sinful reject God and put their hope and their trust in themselves. And if that's where it remains they will surely die in their sin. That's why the Holy Spirit is here to convict the world concerning sin. That is to to show us that there is no greater, no more deadly sin that you can commit against God than to say, I don't want Christ or, or I don't need Christ. Jesus said that he is the way and the truth and the life and that no one can come to the Father except through him. No amount of human reasoning can convict you of that truth. The Holy Spirit has to do it. He shows us Christ and he gives us saving faith. Jesus continues, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Remember, it's Monday, Thursday, when Jesus is telling his disciples these things. The very next day, they are going to see Jesus' righteousness up close. 
On Good Friday, they see Jesus on the cross. They see his blood shed. They see his life poured out. They see the sacrifice that the righteous Jesus made to cover up their unrighteousness. Peter wrote in his first letter, chapter 3, verse 18, For Christ died for sins once for all, the the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Nothing remains for us to do or accomplish, no good works, no spiritual ladders to climb, no special rituals to perform. When Christ went to the Father after his resurrection, it proved to us that our righteousness was completed. There is no one among us who could have found this righteousness because it's beyond our sight and it's beyond our deeds. It's in the very realms of heaven. And this conviction comes from only one source, the Holy Spirit, who reveals it to us and gives us faith in Jesus. And then finally, Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And so it was that as Monday Thursday continued, the devil thought that he had had his way when Judas betrayed the Savior. Satan felt that he had won when Jesus died on the cross. But Jesus came back to life. And when Jesus came back to life, Satan stood judged once again forever. He would never, ever win the victory because Christ was victorious. From the cross, Jesus, the judge, said, It is finished. God's anger over sin has been paid for because Jesus paid the price. Today, as we celebrate the service anniversaries of the seminary faculty and staff, we do so as brothers and sisters united together under the cross of Christ. We give thanks for their faithful and fruitful service and for the Spirit that helps them and guides them so that by His power, others may know the truth about sin and righteousness and judgment. You see, the Holy Spirit, our helper, convicts us with the truth. He shows us the truth about the deadliness of our sin. He reveals the truth about our lack of righteousness, and he tells us the truth about the kind of justice we deserve. But as hopeless as the truth may seem at first, the Holy Spirit also points us to the one place where all of these convictions come together, on the cross of Christ. Only in the cross do we see our sin paid for, Only in the cross do we find our righteousness. Only in the cross do we see God's kind of justice. Only by the cross can we experience joy in the face of sadness and hope in the midst of despair. Thanks be to God for our helper, the Holy Spirit, who convicts us with the truth 
fills us with the hope of eternal life and empowers us to deliver the hope of the risen and ascended Christ to the ends of the earth. Amen. And now, may that peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.